And now, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Witness Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Muniak, and today I am with Jennifer Pepling, the president of CCN, which stands for Christian Collegian Network, a ministry that is, it's a missionary society that focuses on American colleges. But aside from that, let me get to her and she'll tell you more about it. Jennifer, thank you for being on the show today. Hey, Ren, thank you so much for having me here today. That's wonderful. So Jennifer, tell us a little bit about you before we go into the ministry. Who are you? Uh, when were you saved? Give us give us a lowdown. Oh, amen. I uh, I got uh, saved by reading Ray Comfort's book, Way of the Master. Uh, someone told me that uh, someone I cared about very much was going to hell, and it concerned me very greatly. And uh, I ended up asking my sister, I said, well, what have you done about this? And she says, oh, you just don't understand. But she sent me to uh, get Ray Comfort's book, and I read it. It was the first time I understood that it was me that was going to hell and that why Jesus died on the cross. I'd known for years that he died on the cross, but I didn't understand that he paid my personal fine. And when he, when I figured that out and understood, I just got down on the ground and uh, cried out to the Lord, I repent, I trust you, please pay my fine. And uh, I came to the realization, I was, I was 30, you know? I hadn't heard that message ever in my life, and I just knew that everyone I knew had to have that message. And so I started going out and sharing my faith. Um, I think it was two months later, I bought the basic training course and uh, started uh, teaching other people how to share their faith. <laughs> so it was like an immediate, um, the first outreach I ever had was I had my, uh, I had a garage sale in my yard and I gave everybody gospel tracks. I was like, almost had heart failures. I put the gospel track in the bag as I gave them their stuff as they left. I was like, oh, heart failure. Oh, they might see it before I leave. <laughs> before they leave. <laughs> wow. Praise the Lord. It sounds like you're really on fire for the lost. And you said that it was Ray Comfort's The Way of the Master book yeah. that, that really put you on fire. What about that book? What what was the, the teaching that really just struck you, struck a nerve in you? It was really um, the courtroom scenario in the book when I read that scenario. And it talks about Jesus coming into the courtroom. You know, someone you don't even know who pays that fine. And it was just the gospel of that message, understanding that Jesus paid that fine in full. That I couldn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. And just that news, I, w- I just, everybody needs to know this. And I couldn't believe that I had been around for so long. I'd never heard that message before. I just knew that everybody else needed to know that. And so that's really what set me on fire was the gospel message and the understanding of it. I was just that very day I went from one person to a brand new person, like all my views changed, you know, I went to church and whatever, like I, I got into a, uh, a small, uh, small group and whatever that my elder said, I was just like, okay. He said creation six days. I said, Amen. Whatever you say. I was like, the Bible says that. Yep. Okay. That's true. You know, <laughs> so I, was glad to have a good, I was glad to have a good elder and a good pastor. And um, I was just, uh, it's funny because I, I called my brother-in-law who is in seminary and I, I just need to know everything I can. So tell me all the books that you bought and used your first year of seminary. He told me and I bought all those books and read them up page by page, you know. <laughs> Now, did you have to throw them all out when you got a little bit more solid and realized that seminaries aren't that great? 
<laughs> no, actually, um, I, uh, I have really good, I have, it turns out that I went to some really good people, um, in my, be- you know, in my beginning and in, uh, solid and they were like, they had been Christians for many, many years. And so they were like, okay, Jen, we're putting you on this path right now. My aunt Laura, um, when, after she figured out that I had finally gotten saved, she was like, okay, well, would you like to do a Bible study? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, good. We're going to come to your house on this day. And she brought this guy who is really smart and knew the word and has written books. And he came to my house and did a Bible study. She was like going to make sure I was on the right path right off the bat. And so I had the theology she wanted me to have. So I was lucky that way. I wasn't luck. You know what I mean? Amen. God was very kind to me. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy to hear that. So now let me uh, find out a little bit more about your 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 life uh, outside of the evangelism and outside of the church and everything. You're married. You have kids. Yeah, I, uh, I married me and my husband, uh, got married before we got saved. Um, my husband will tell you that I was the one who brought, um, him to the Lord. Um, and, uh, praise God. I have a lot of friends who they got saved later on and then their husbands never got saved. Um, but me and my husband, like, that was never a pull. Like, it seems like we both sort of like got saved around the same time. And you know, my husband's very kind to me. So, you know, even if there was a time where I wasn't like the same place that he was in, he's always been, you know, gentle about, you know what I mean? He's always been very gentle and kind about it. Um, and, you know, merciful and like, okay, we'll wait for Jen to sort of come on board here, you know? So <laughs> I was, he's a very gracious husband. Amen. Praise God. What about your kids? Uh, my older son, um, you know what? I think he's like, there's like not a, a doubt in my mind that he's saved. He has like a conscience. You, you know what I mean? And I try to be very hard to make sure that I never, you know what I mean? I don't break that conscience in any way and make sure, you know what, that I don't ever make, I make sure he never has to go against his conscience or, you know what I mean? I don't want it scolded in any way. But um, he is uh, first string uh, violin and he's in gate and He's super, super smart. He's smarter than me. We memorized Bible verses and he reads it once. He's got it memorized. He's like, come on, mom. And I like, after he leaves and goes to school, I have to read it like 30 times. And he comes home and I'm like, okay, read it a couple times before you go over it with him again. <laughs> that way can be as good as he is <laughs> memorizing Bible verses. Um, but then my uh, younger son, Mark, he has autism and seizures. Um, and Mark, when we first started out, he would stand in the corner at uh, Sunday school and pretend there was nobody else in the room. He wouldn't talk to anyone else. He wouldn't like at birthday parties. We couldn't sing happy birthday. He couldn't open his presents in front of anyone else. But, um, we did like 25 to 35 hours a week, um, of, you know, therapy. We took, you know, he would go OT and physical therapy and, we had a, a BSC behavioral specialist and a TSS come in and we saw every, you know, that was my life is going to those different places. But um, now you would know, most people don't know that he has any, you know, has any issues. Um, we were, God has really blessed us with that. If you would see him today, you probably wouldn't know. He has like a couple little quirks still where he'll be a little bit too close but most people don't realize that he has autism. He doesn't have any therapies anymore. A psychologist said, you know what, I don't, there isn't any more that we can do for him. He's always going to have some little quirks, but he's really gone like really far. Um, God bless us in that we had moved to Allegheny County before we had him in, in Pennsylvania, and they have really good care and help for kids with autism. Probably one of the best areas in the state to live for that. So 
God has been very kind to us. Amen. Wow, that's wonderful. So now, I, I've noticed that you say amen a lot. Is that is that a, a typical theme in your life? Do you have any nicknames regarding that or anything like that? Oh, that's so funny. You know what? Um, at CCN, um, I started saying that because of the people at CCN, and uh, we would pray all the time. And it, it's 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 strange. Like I wish I would could say, oh, you know, before I came to CCN, I prayed all the time. You know, but uh, we would always, you know, okay, we're gonna do this, pray. We're gonna do that, pray, 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 pray. We're gonna get in the car, drive, pray. We're getting out of the car, pray, and uh, and everyone would just always say, amen. And so. I just picked it up. I came home uh, from the London Times of Repent and Witness. And my husband was like, do you have anything else to say other than amen? <laughs> One of my uh, friends, Pastor Alan, uh, about three weeks ago, he says, he says, I think we have a new nickname for you. And I says, what, do we ha- what are you going to call what? Pastor Alan, he goes, we're going to call you amen. And I was like, wow, I can't even believe somebody would call me that. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe somebody didn't call me that earlier. <laughs> but most people know me by my nickname, Giggles, and uh, Ray Comfort actually gave me that uh, nickname at the First Ambassadors Academy. Uh, I, I uh, was running around. I wanted to get a couple of things, and I went down to the dinner at the First Ambassadors Academy a little bit late, and there was like two spots left at, one, at the first table I walked in. I was like, well, I better get a seat really quick. So I sat down. I was like, is anybody sitting here? They're like, no. I was like, amen. Sat down. And uh, somebody come up behind me. I didn't know who it was. And they're like, oh, is this seat taken? I'm like, oh, sure, it's yours. And it was Ray. I had no idea it was him. Aaron. And uh, he has grandpa humor. And I love grandpa humor. <laughs> so he tells his cute little jokes. And uh, and I laughed hysterically. And then he made fun of my laugh. And then the whole table laughed. And so we spent like the whole dinner for the First Ambassadors Academy that first day um, doing that. He would tell a joke. I would laugh. The whole table laughed. And I was giggles from then on. Amen. <laughs> That's hilarious. So let's get into the ministry. Uh, Christian Collegiate Network, CCN. What is CCN? Where did it get its start? And what is it doing? Oh, amen. Um, first, I'd like to talk about uh, how, how, I got to, how I got to CCN. Um, I was going out on my uh, local college campus um, every week, um, the ambassadors called me. They said, "Oh, you need to have a local, you know, a fishing hole where you go every week." And I was like, "Every week? Where could I go every week?" And I was like, "Oh, I never heard the gospel when I was at Pitt." And so I started going down to the University of Pittsburgh. And my aunt Laura, um, she encouraged that too because somebody on the street witnessed to her in the '70s. There was a, actually a, uh, a revival in Pittsburgh. A group of people. Um, called Get Right, Get um, get Smart, Get Right, or something like that. And they went out, and they were open-air preaching in the 70s in Pittsburgh and going out witnessing, and she got saved um, there. Actually, another pastor that I, I'm friends with that go out witnessing with all the time, Pastor Ron, he got saved his freshman year in the 70s at the Uni- University of Pittsburgh and left the University of Pittsburgh and went and became a pastor his freshman year. So a lot of people got saved in those years. And uh, But anyway, so I was going every week. And uh, friends of mine up in Butler, PA, have a ministry, and they would invite people to Bible study. They they would go out witnessing, and then they had uh, rented a place, and three nights a week they'd have Bible study there. And so they witness, invite people to Bible study. And I went out with them the one time just to encourage them, and boy, they encouraged me. I was like, we witnessed to people, and we invited them to Bible study. They're like, yeah, I want to learn more. I want to know about Jesus. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and that summer was the first time I went to Repent and Witness. Um, it was CCN. Repent Witness is a uh, 
a four-day mission trip for uh, CCN in New York City. Um, we go to Washington Square, Union Square, um, Battery Park, and now we go to um, ah, we go to Central Park as well. And that was just so awesome. I was just like, oh, this is the Ambassador Academy, the advanced version, you know, going with CCN. And uh, I was so excited, and I was able to uh, talk to the uh, Tiffany, the president at that time. And uh, I just got so excited because then I was going to have, because if I was a part of CCN, then I would be able to witness to students and then invite them to that Bible study and then train up Christians to go out and share my, share their faith just like I was doing. And I was just like, that was the cat's meow. <laughs> Amen. And so that's how I got a part. I uh, became a part of CCN that way. Okay. So now... Uh, it, it sounds kind of like CCN is almost like a, a mission society. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Um, is it more like a mission society where it sends, uh, trains up leaders and sends them out to the campuses, almost like a mission society would send missionaries to third world, trains them here and then sends them to third world countries? Amen. And the beauty about uh, CCN is that um, we do trainings. Um, we do a uh, online training. Right now we're using uh, Google Hangouts to be able to train of campus leaders. And then what we do is we is we, we send them out. But the cool thing is, is that they're going out into their local community. And best case is that they're going out with with their church. And so they have their pastor behind them. It's a church that's in that local community. And then when they invite people to their Bible study, they also can be inviting them into their church, and they have the back, backing of their whole church community, the backing of their pastor, and they go out, witness to the students, and then they invite them to Bible study. They train those students up, and then they send out missionaries out into the field as well. And so it doesn't get any better than that, and those people are all local here. And so it's cost effective because people can, you know, it's easy to do tent, you know, have your tent making job and also be out on the campus every week. And it's very exciting because these are the people local in your area who you care and you love already. And, and so most of the campus leaders that come to me are already going out on those campuses. It's just taking that next step of, of committing to those students, committing to teaching those Christians to go out and share their faith and committing to training up those students in theology and working on those students' character, those people in your neighborhood, those people that you love and are praying for already. So now you you say you got the, the campus leaders that go to these different colleges. How many campuses do you have, and what does it take to be a campus leader? Oh, amen. Let's see here. We have uh, Minnesota, Ohio. Um, I have two in uh, in Pittsburgh, Penn, uh, Pitts, uh, University of Pittsburgh and Slippery Rock. We have uh, Tidewater Community College. We have Montgomery Community College, and we have two in New York City, uh, CCNY and uh, LCC. So right now we have eight colleges, eight college campuses, and uh, we're always looking for, for new campus leaders. Campus leaders have to believe in biblical evangelism. They have to be committed, and they have to be self-starters and very motivated um, it's not an easy job to go onto the campus. Um, it can be very frustrating, but it's definitely a test from God in your faithfulness because every, almost everyone, except for one of our campus leaders, because she was a student already, and so asking your friends to come out to your own Bible studies is a little bit easier than being a campus leader as an adult. But uh, 
You have to be self-motivated. And if you're shy, you're going to have to just get on your knees and pray. <laughs> Amen. Because what we do is, is I, uh, is the campus leader go, um, goes onto campus and checks things out, goes and witnesses a little bit and finds a location where they can have Bible study. And then they create a flyer and I normally try and get them to print up like 800 or so. And so at Pitt, what I would do is I'd spend a whole week um, or I would spend a whole week handing out flyers. And so I ask every student, are you a Christian? If they say yes, I give them a flyer, tell them all about CCN, get their information and invite them um, out to uh, Bible study. And uh, it's it's not an easy thing. It takes a lot of work, but it's the results are really worth it because the students are transformed at CCN. They're so excited about the truth of the Bible. And this is all about discipleship of the Christians, about creating leaders for our future in our churches who are going to build up future leaders and making sure that they understand that once they learn all these things, that their job is to go and teach other people as well, just as we have taught them. That's wonderful. And, you know, that that's one of the things that I love so much about CCN is that it's not just about, you know, the seed planting of evangelism. It's also about discipling the Christians that are already on that campus to go out and share their faith. You know, that that's a, a wonderful part of the ministry that I think a lot of uh, evangelism ministries are lacking is that discipleship factor. Amen. And the discipleship is huge. Um, I'm looking right now at, uh, at working with uh, a pastor on getting some of our new uh, lessons that we're going to be teaching um, to be from uh, a group who does biblical counseling. And so I'm very excited. Is that the uh, the NANC counseling or the, I think they changed their name, ABCB or something like that? BCI is what it is. I'm gonna. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to get one of the pastors over there to write me a bunch of because they're big into they're big into discipleship. And one thing that I've been uh, learning lately uh, today. Today we're at uh, Ohio Fire. Mark Spence and other people were talking. And this past year in my life, I've learned that. Um, do you ever talk? You ever hear Todd Friel say, "Oh, you know, you have to have your theology right before tragedy happens." Well, there's one thing you have to add to that. You have to have that theology applied to your heart. You have to believe it and be trusting in it. And so in in this last year, I've gone through like the hardest things I've ever gone through. It's sort of like God took everything, but he gave me everything. I don't even know how else to explain it, but he took everything and said anything that I was resting on that wasn't resting on him, he took from me, you know? He said, no, you're not resting on me yet. No, you're not resting on me yet. You're resting on your ministry. You're resting on these things. You're not resting on me and me alone. And so through those things, I've learned that, that I want the students to be resting on Jesus and Jesus alone. And I want the, I want to be able to help them learn all the things that I've learned this past year so that when tragedy happens, they're resting on Jesus and Jesus alone and who he is to them as opposed, or, you know, who he is as opposed to resting on other things. So that way when that tragedy happens, they're standing on the rock of Jesus alone. And, uh, I think that's one thing that I'm going to be very excited to add to our, uh, to CCN in the next year. Well, praise the Lord. That's very important, and a lot of Christians need that reminder. So you were talking about uh, something called repent and witness. Now, tell me a little bit more about that, and we're running out of time, so try and be quick, and then we'll share a website and uh, cost of 
repent and witness and all that good stuff, okay? Amen. Repent and witness is four days of a missions trip in New York City. This year, our speaker is Andrew Ravapur. So we start out the morning getting up, pray up, um, eat, and then we have a men's and a woman's Bible study. After that, um, Andrew Ravapur will be teaching, and then we hit the streets. We uh, we preach all the way on the on the uh, subway, all the way out to our location, and we preach all the way back on our on our uh, on our missions trip. Uh, we spend the day out in great locations. If we go to Union Square, the people there, there are homeless people there who are the most talented hecklers you will ever run into anywhere. And if your apologetics can stand up to them, you're doing a fine job, but they are time wasters. They've heard the gospel thousands of times. But it is a good test, you know, to see what are the things that I need to learn or things like that. Um, Times Square is a very cool place to go to open or preach and, and to watch and uh we go out to, uh, we end the week with, uh, we have service outside. And so as, last year we had several of the homeless people who we've, who we've dealt with for years. They came and showed up for our Bible, for our, for our Sunday morning service in Union Square. And so that was very cool. And so it's $300 and it covers, um, where you stay, your breakfast and getting around, um, all over the place in New York City. We, we sing sometimes in the middle. We, pray all the time and we're witnessing and it's great fellowship and i i really always thought that it was uh ambassadors academy the advanced version it's just great time that's wonderful and now jen where can people go to find out more information about ccn and specifically about repentant witness when is that again it is uh july 24th or the 28th you have to sign up by june 10th um, that's because I have to get everything together with the missionary place. And you go to changercampus.com. And if you go down to the bottom, you look for uh, missions trips. And then after the next link, you want to click on repent and witness. So changercampus.com. Okay, Jennifer, thank you so much for talking with me. Uh, we've got to cut this short because we, we have to get back and, and hear some more speakers. Thank you again, Jen, for talking with me. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do! Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. So again, that was Jennifer Pepling of Christian Collegian Network, or CCN for short. i got to tell you, ever since the beginning of the year, I've been a part of CCN, and it has just been a wonderful experience. And they are not a uh, fly-by-night operation. They are very serious about the mission that they have of evangelizing the lost and discipling the found. So serious that they have like a 15-page application that's the secondary application the first application is like three or four pages so there's two applications you got to go through uh interview process it is a very serious position part of the accountability is they want you to have a home church that you attend regularly that you're in good standing with they make sure that your pastor is on board with you being a campus leader they want to make sure that you are regularly being discipled by your pastor or another elder. You know, and then as far as accountability, once you become a campus leader, that in itself is uh, tremendously well done. They, Whenever you're teaching a Bible study, every lesson you teach needs to be approved by leaders in CCN. Not You don't just start coming up with your own material. Everything you teach needs to be 
pre-approved, whether it's a lesson that has already been created. If you're going to do your own lesson, you need to submit it to them to have it be approved before you can teach it, which I think is just wonderful because that helps to prevent false teachings from getting into the ministry and into the campus that you're trying to reach for Christ. Their main focus is the six pillars that they have. Apologetics, Bible study, evangelism, biblical evangelism, by the way, fellowship, gifts, talents, and abilities, and ministry training. They want you to be a well-rounded biblical Christian. They want to teach others how to be well-rounded biblical Christians. This is a, like I said earlier, it is a mission society. It is not just some parachurch ministry that is there to make a buck. And many different people can be a campus leader. Just in the campus leaders we have now, you know, we have people who are currently students at their college that are campus leaders. We have people who aren't in college as campus leaders like myself. I'm not attending UC. I don't have any plans to attend UC, but I am a campus leader there. Don't think you have to be young and hip. They want biblical and solid. That's what's important because we're trying to reach these campuses for Christ. We want to reach these campuses with the truth, the solid truth. We don't want wonkiness. We don't want watered-down truth. We, we want solid biblical truth being proclaimed, and we want to instill these truths in Christians that, that we meet on the campus. That's awesome that there is a ministry out there like that, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Maybe one day you will get to be a part of it too. Is there a campus around you, near you? Do you feel God calling you to a ministry like this, where you go in and you are like a missionary? You are starting off with nothing. You go in, you do your reconnaissance, you set up shop. Some places are more willing to let you set up willy-nilly. You see, I'm kind of under the radar still. They don't really know I'm there. Not that I'm doing anything illegal. They just don't know I'm there. You know, the goal is to become an official campus ministry eventually and become a student group and all that so that it will be self-sustaining and I can put someone else, a student, in charge of the, the ministry and then I move on to another campus. You know, it, it's just like being a missionary, but here in America. So let me share with you some upcoming events. I haven't had the opportunity to have Elaine record these upcoming events yet, but so you, you just get me. June 4th, I'm going to be at Hyde Park Baptist Church. It's a Wednesday evening service starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, that's this Wednesday. We're going to be recapping the basic training course. On June 28th, Carl from Bazookan Track Club is going to be at Hyde Park Baptist Church, and he's doing his uh, two-hour evangelism crash course, and then they're going out to do evangelism right outside of the church at the Hyde Park Blast event. Starting July 2nd at Hyde Park Baptist Church, we're going to be going through the intermediate training course, and that's an eight-week course, so we'll be going through that. June 4th, basic training course recap. On June 28th, Carl from Bazugan is going to be speaking at Hyde Park Baptist Church and then with an evangelistic outreach happening immediately after. And beginning on July 2nd, Way of the Master Intermediate Training Course is going to happen right there at Hyde Park Baptist Church. For more information about the church, go to HydeParkBaptistChurch.org. And I hope to see you at one of those events, or all of them. That'd be great. 
And one last thing before I go, I have to confess that the fear of man has really been getting to me lately. You know, I don't know what it is. Uh, the one-to-ones have just been become increasingly hard for me to do. Uh, even with the radio show, I mean, I'm sure you may have noticed that uh, the past three or four episodes, aside from one, have been uh, interviews with me and Andrew Rappaport and Jennifer Pepling. I'm struggling to get out there and do the one-to-ones. You know, that was the reason I started the radio show in the first place, was to get out of my comfort zone. And, well, I'm really struggling. So I wanted to confess that to everyone that that I, that I am uh, struggling to overcome my fears. Uh, please forgive me for that. And also, please uh, pray for me. Please pray that I would overcome those fears, that I, that I would rely upon the Lord to give me the words to speak when witnessing to someone one-on-one. Um, and I thank you for your prayers. That's it for this week. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you.